0: Hey friend, happy Nurses Week 2022. If you haven't already heard this week, you are amazing. I'm especially grateful to you for being part of my audience and tuning into my podcast. I want you to enjoy 22% off my digital products through Friday, May 12th, in honor of Nurses Week. Head to learn.theresumerx.com to see the library of products available to you and use code NURSES2022 all one word, Nurses 2022, to save. Again, head to learn.theresumerx.com and use the code Nurses2022 at checkout to save 22% off your purchase. Cheers and happy Nurses Week. This week's episode is sponsored by HCA Healthcare's Nurse Residency Program. As a new nurse, there's so much to learn, which is why the Nurse Residency Program with HCA Healthcare is such a great opportunity. HCA Healthcare's Nurse Residency Program Sets up newly graduated nurses for success with benefits like clear career pathways, student loan assistance, tuition reimbursement, and more. With HCA Healthcare, you get hands-on clinical experience while developing your critical thinking skills. Plus, you'll have support from experienced nurses and fellow nurse residents. For all of you upcoming and recent grads, I highly recommend you check out careers.hcahealthcare.com residency. Again, that's careers.hcahealthcare.com residency. HCA Healthcare is an equal opportunity employer. Now, on to the episode. Welcome to the Nurse Becoming podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarnieri from The Resume Rx, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self-discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth all through the lens of nursing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Nurse Becoming podcast. And it's not just any episode. It's actually the 100th episode of the podcast, which is such an amazing milestone. Thank you for all the listeners, whether this is your first time listening or you've listened to all 100 or a smattering along the way. I'm just so appreciative of you. And if you didn't listen, I wouldn't, I mean, I would still have a podcast if you didn't listen, but if you didn't listen, if nobody listened, I probably wouldn't be doing it this long. So thank you. Thank you for the privilege and honor of being able to be in your ears each and every week. So it is it is such a treat. And speaking of treats, we have a treat today on the podcast. I am interviewing Jen Hamilton, who, if you don't know who Jen Hamilton is, please pause this episode if it's safe to do so. Open TikTok Download it if you don't have it. I know I resisted for a while and just search Jen Hamilton and find the one with the blue check mark. Jen Hamilton is a nurse and a mother and a verified creator on TikTok with, I don't know, 1.7 million followers, million followers on TikTok. I know. Um, She's one of my favorite creators. I haven't been on TikTok too long, it's been less than a year. However, I have a small group of people that I follow. And Jen is just one of my favorite creators. she It's not just all nurse content. It's very much real, authentic, whole life content. And Jen is just hysterical. Just watch her pinned videos. You will see exactly why. You will feel like you're her best friend. And so when I was thinking about this quarter of the podcast, when I was planning things out, I was like, I wonder if any of my favorite TikTok nurses would want to come on the show. And so I emailed her completely out of the blue, cold pitched her and and basically told her what a big fan I was and (laughs) would she give me an hour of her time to be interviewed on the podcast. And I am so, so excited that she said yes. I just finished recording the episode. You know, I actually record the intros after I record the episode so I can tell you what you're in for. And this was such a fun conversation that she and I had Not only about her nursing journey, because I think you will have a lot to learn from her nursing journey. She has been a nurse since 2012, started in emergency department, now works labor and delivery, and has really carved out... Uh, An expertise for herself in that area, which you'll hear about. But we also talked about her TikTok platform and her persona on TikTok, and how she started and how she grew, and what it means to her identity, and and kind of all these really really fun things. So I think that you will love this episode. I hope you do. And and if you do, give us a shout out. You know, you can tag us on Instagram or on TikTok wherever you tend to hang out. Let us know that you're listening because. Your feedback about the episodes is super important to me so that I know that you like what I'm putting out. So, and also if you have creators that you love that you would love to see on my podcast and you want to introduce me to them, by all means, please reach out to me and the best way to do that is probably by reaching out on Instagram at the resume rx. So, without further ado, I know this is a long introduction, but <laughs> it's worth the wait. Meet Jen Hamilton. Hello, Jen. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Amanda, for inviting me. I'm
1: super excited. I love being able to, to talk to other nurses. I
0: am excited. I feel like I know you really well because, <laughs> <laughs> because you you are so open and share everything on, on TikTok. And so I know you don't know me very well. But what I'm hoping to do is introduce you, kind of all of you, to my listeners so that they can not only learn about your nursing journey, but also learn about this other really cool side of you, which is you're a TikTok star.
1: I mean, accidentally, kind of.
0: (laughs) So before we dive into that, because I have so many questions about that, but I don't want to get ahead of myself, please introduce yourself to the fine listeners, who you are, uh, what you do, and I'll ask some follow-up questions from there.
1: Sure. So uh, my name is Jen Hamilton. I am a nurse, a mom, um, a wife, and I live in North Carolina, kind of the center of the state in Ashboro. I became a nurse back in 2012. I went to Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia uh, for my bachelor's. And after that, I kind of jumped straight into emergency nursing. And then fast forward several years, um, I've been a nurse. This is my 10th year of nursing. And I'm now in labor and delivery. And about two years ago, it was kind of when the pandemic all started. I got on TikTok. I have a friend named Lauren McClure who is also a nurse, and she said, "Have you have you been on TikTok TikTok before? Do you know what that is?" I'm like, "Ah, uh, no." I mean, I've heard of it before, but I hear it's like a time suck. She said it is. It is definitely time suck, <laughs> but it's fun. You should download it. So um, I started watching and lurking, as I feel most people do on TikTok. is just the, the endless scroll. And then one day I was like, I'm going to put something on here. Nobody's going to see it. And then um, nobody did. <laughs> <for a while. laughs> and eventually... Just being stupid and silly and being authentic and real, um, I started to slowly gain some traction, and then I had a few like viral videos, and all of a sudden now I have 1.6 million um, followers on TikTok. I'm verified on on there, got the blue check mark, and it's become something that I'm able to have like some extra income from so that I can be with my family more, which is fantastic. And I get to share some of the like real and raw things that I don't think a lot of people are willing to share because some of the stuff that I talk about is embarrassing or not like a, you know, a normal thing that people talk about. So I feel like that's kind of how I I got a lot of people on there is like, oh my gosh, this girl is talking about this on the
0: internet. What? <laughs> well, I mean, that's why I started following you. I don't think yeah. I even knew that you were a nurse when I first yeah. started following you. And and that's the thing, like you're not a nurse page. Like you're a creator yeah. and also a nurse, but I wouldn't call yeah. you a, you know, a nurse creator or a nurse influencer. Do you agree with that?
1: I totally agree with that. So I was on the radio, this is like six months ago or something. And I was talking about how TikTok creators get paid and they're like, oh, well, like what, what do you do on there? And I was like, oh my God, what do I even say? Like, uh, I've talked about my nipples on there before. Like, (laughs) like there's no good way of explaining all that I do. And like right now I have marketing people, you know, working with me and like, what's your brand? I was like, I don't, I don't even know how to tell you, like, I'm not a brand, I'm a person. And so with as many complexities as anyone has as a person, that is what I am on TikTok. So I really don't have a niche. If you look on like creator, like uh, blogs and stuff of like, oh, this is how you grow your TikTok. It's like, find a niche, find a niche and stick to it. I have none because I am not a niche. I am my own complex situation on there. So yeah, I don't, I really uh, identify with a whole lot of different things. And so I'm a whole lot of different things on the internet.
0: (laughs) Well, I love that because we are, we're all a whole lot of different things in real life too. And I don't know if you've ever felt wrapped up in your identity as a nurse or wrapped up in your identity as a mom or a wife, but I feel like at least for me, sometimes these are conflicting identities and you kind of feel like, one takes over the other. And I don't yeah, know if that's definitely. been similar for you.
1: I would say I had like a like a, I don't want to call it a breakdown, but like where I realized that I cannot be my roles and responsibilities to other people. Like I have to be my own self. Um, back in 2019, speaking of getting real and raw, um, my husband and I separated in 2019. And it was the worst experience of my entire life as it probably is for a lot of people. Because at that moment, I had to separate myself from what I was as far as my role to someone else. Mm -hmm. And I was forced to be able to figure out who I was as a person. And it allowed me to not say like, I'm just a nurse. I'm just a mom. I'm just a wife. But like I'm Jen and I'm, I'm funny and I'm authentic and I like to do furniture, like redo furniture that I find on the side of the road. I love chickens. I, I love my cats who hate me. Like, um, There's a lot of different parts about me that make up who I am separate from being those things. To other people. And I feel like, you know, life kind of throws situations in our path sometimes that kind of force us to figure that out, or we can take the time to figure it out on our own before that stuff kind of happens. So that yeah. when when something bad does happen, you're not kind of left feeling empty. I think that was the, the way that I felt was just kind of empty. Like, okay, if I take away the nurse, who am I? I feel empty, you know, if I take away you know, the mom. I feel empty. But being your own full self, I feel like is so important and to cultivate those parts of you that make you who you are.
0: I love that. We're getting real deep, just seven minutes I, into I mean, that right, was right in. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you something about your nursing career. And and I didn't know that you started in emergency medicine. So I'd love to first know how you went from emergency nursing to labor and delivery. Yeah. Was that like a one moment shift or kind of. tell me the yeah, background of it that? Was.
1: So when I was in nursing school, I did um, something called the critical care certificate program. It was something that Liberty offered. And it was just like a few people who applied Well, there was a bunch of people that applied, but like it was a very small group of people that got in this program and it allowed you to have like a bunch of extra hours in specifically working in critical care. And before you graduated, you already had your ACLS, your PALS, your NRP, all of those kind of uh, things that you might would get after you're a nurse, but they went Mm -hmm. ahead and we got all those things together. So I worked in the emergency department at Lynchburg General Hospital as a student nurse. And I loved it. I (laughs) loved it, which is so ironic because I am a, my husband calls me a fainting goat because if, (laughs) if there's something that hurts me, I just pass out night, night, I go to sleep. And it was the same way in nursing school. Whenever I saw something else hurt someone else. So like I had to watch YouTube videos of people getting their blood drawn in order for me to not pass out in real life. <laughs> But when I got into the ER, I was like, this is incredible. Like there's people coming in with all these problems and we're fixing them or we're sending them somewhere else. And I think the time that I was like, I have to do this was we had um, someone come in who had had a stiletto to the eyeball. Oh god. And I it was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. But in the midst of this like chaos, I was like this is so incredible that I that I would have the opportunity to be near someone at the most crucial point in their life. Mm. I feel like that's such a sacred space. And so I kind of got that ER bug then. So I really was focused on getting an ER job right out of school. And I know that there's a lot of people who would, who would, you know, dissuade someone from doing that because, you know, start on med surge and get, you know, your feet under you before you kind of get thrown into a a specialty. Um, But yeah, I went right into it and I found a hospital that offered, it was called the Academy back then. Um, Now it's called a nurse residency program, but it was basically a year long program where, They kind of held our hands professionally (laughs) Mm -hmm. through that first year and offered us extra classes, offered us um, like mentorship and support and professional development during that first year being in a specialty because it can be very difficult. And I started working and loved it, just absolutely loved it. And you know, being a nurse, a newer nurse, sometimes you get thrown into like leadership roles, probably before you're ready. (laughs) But um, (laughs) I was actually charge nurse after like a year and a half, which I don't think any brand new new grad nurse should ever do, but it happened. And so I worked for six years in the emergency department. And that sixth year that I was there, I was like, you know what, professionally, I would like to do management. That's what I thought to myself. So I became the assistant director of the department at only six years of experience. And I came in just with like these wonderful dreams of how I'm going to just fix nursing. And I'm going to make everybody happy because I'm happy and I like working here and I want it to be a better place. And I did a lot of good, but there was not a lot of support for me, you know? So I was up at all hours working days, nights, days and nights in the same day because I took such a personal responsibility for the whole department that if we were short, I took that on me. Like Mm -hmm. if we're short, I have to go in. I have to be the triage nurse and the charge nurse. I have to save everyone. It was kind of the, the mentality that I had. And that was actually the the year that like my marriage fell apart was because, I mean, there were a lot of different things, but one of the mitigating factors was I was never home and I was not a nice person. (laughs) Um, I would get called at, you know, all hours of the night. I'm not getting along with so-and-so you need to come up here. It was kind of like herding cats, um, you know? So I also missed just being at the bedside and that connection that you make with people. There's not a lot of like, uh, I guess, satisfaction in the management role because the problems that are there have been there forever. And they're, I mean, this sounds bad, but they're always going to be there. If we haven't figured them out this far, you know, it was naive of me to think as like a 26 year old that I would be able to, you know, fix everything. So there came a a night and you were talking about like, there were, was there a shift like immediately? There was one night Um, It was actually my kid's birthday and I had worked the night before on a Thursday night and I knew that we were short the next night. So uh, I came home after working that Thursday night shift. I didn't go to bed. I texted or called 56 nurses to see if I could get somebody to come in. I didn't even know that I knew that many. I was calling (laughs) other hospitals to see like, please please send me some people. Because it was that like crisis level Flu season, like I don't know if we're going to survive, kind of thing. And so, after not eating, or I probably did eat, but after not sleeping, (laughs) I went back in for that Friday night to be a triage nurse when we had um, over an eight hour wait in the lobby. People listening that have worked in the ER know that in triage, you are responsible for all Mm -hmm. of those people. You got to trust your nursing gut. And it was awful. I was getting called all sorts of names because, you know, I'm the face of the weight. And I remember that there was like a sexual assault of a child. There was someone who came in because their own child had just been killed. And I came to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I've never suffered with anxiety or panic attacks or anything. But that night, I just broke. I broke. I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it anymore. And so it was after that night, I looked on the jobs page for my hospital. And one of the first ones on there was weekend option labor and delivery. And, I was, and at that point, I was working almost at seven days a week. And so I said, hey, hey, <laughs> we, we could try this. So that was a Friday. I shadowed on labor and delivery on Sunday And by the next Friday, I had accepted the position. So it happened very quickly. But upon going to the unit on labor and delivery, I was like, this is it. This is it. Because I went from, you know, having 30 patients in triage to on labor and delivery, you get one or two patients. So it was such a welcome shift. Um, And it also allows me to be able to have that special time with my patients that I didn't get to have in the ER.
0: Well, something that you said about why you liked the ER, ER—you know—you said that it's sacred to be there for people in their worst moment, and that's my background as an NP in emergency medicine, and I identified with that so much. Like, it is an honor and a privilege to be with people in that moment, and you're kind of doing the same thing in labor and delivery, and just a different moment. Like, it's mostly a happy moment, but it's still one of those like sacred moments where it's a privilege to be in the room.
1: Absolutely. And even on the times that it is the worst day of someone's life, because both in the ER and on labor and delivery, they could be there on the worst day of their life. It's still sacred, you know, and it's still a, I hesitate to say, but it's still a beautiful experience to have that connection with someone, even if it's the worst day of their life, Mm -hmm. because we get into nursing to help people and to comfort people. And that's when I think it shows up the most is when we're able to meet someone in their pain.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tell me what weekend option is. I know what that is, but I think some of my (laughs) listeners, especially those who are in school or newer graduates may not be familiar with that. So shed some light.
1: So not a lot of people want to work the weekend because it's the weekend. You know, that's when everybody else is off and you get to do fun stuff with your friends. But for me, it works out for my family that I only have to work Saturday and Sunday. So I work 7A to 7P both of those days, and I get paid a weekend differential. So I get paid extra dollars an hour in order to make up for, hey, we appreciate that you're working on a day that a lot of people don't want to work. So it's kind of like working night shift but in that they pay a little bit more per hour um, because they know that it's not ideal. But for me, it is ideal because it works out with my family schedule. So I only have to work two days a week. There's certain, um, there's different kinds of weekend options. So depending on how many hours you want to work, you know, you could work a full-time weekend option where you work Saturday and Sunday and maybe one day a week during the week to get those three 12-hour shifts. But then there's also like you could work that extra day during the week, every other week, which I used to do. Um, And then now I just work Saturday and Sunday and it's almost considered full-time.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Do you feel like that's given you good boundaries? Like I know that you're a mom and you have kids. And I know for me, like one of the hardest things was switching back and forth between, you know, nurse brain and mom brain. And and how has that been for you?
1: It's been super helpful to have my kids have a consistent schedule with me. Like they know when mom is at home and when mom is at work. My mom is also a nurse and she works full time on a heart floor, but she also works like very sporadic days of the week, right? Like she'll work Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or like the next week, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. It doesn't, there's no consistency with that. So it's helped my family because they know what to expect, and also only working two days a week allows me to feel like a stay at home mom five days a week, <laughs> yeah, but also still have that uh nurse-y connection on the weekend. I get to have adult conversations with adults, which is great because um, <laughs> when you have children in your house and you you know you're kind of a stay at home mom there's a lot of man, I wish there was an adult to talk to right now. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I want to talk more about TikTok, mainly because I'm fascinated by it. (laughs) And, And because, I mean, I just, I'm so impressed by your platform and what you've created, even though it sounds like it was, like you said at the beginning, like accidental and (laughs) and unintentional. And so um, at the beginning, you said, you know, that your friend said, get on TikTok and you lurked for a while and then started creating videos. Do you remember like the first moment when you either had a viral video or noticed that this was something that was going to turn into something?
1: Yeah. So I was, I had created a few videos and they were mainly just like for me, Like, I just wanted to remember whatever moment. And it started out, believe it or not, as like a furniture flip. Oh. Yeah. So the very first video that I remember that I got 3,000 views and I was like, I have made it. (laughs) I have made it. Someone... (laughs) Get me a pen so I can autograph something. Like I thought I was big stuff at the at that moment. So I was at work and I was uh, eating my lunch and I just happened to look. I was like, oh my gosh, 3,000 people saw this video. It was a video of me uh, redoing a desk. It was a metal desk that I found in my parents' basement. And I took it apart and it was very 80s. It was like black and silver and just really... 80s looking and so I spray painted the black part like this peacock blue color I spray painted the legs and the handles a gold color and then I took the whole top off of it and I went to Lowe's and I got like butcher not butcher block but it was like a a beautiful wooden piece on the top and I fell in love with it but I did like a before and after video and that was my first video that I was like. Somebody else saw this other than <laughs> my friend, Lauren, who I'm only first with on TikTok. Um, so that was my first one. And then over the course of my time on TikTok, I've had other ones go like actually viral. So my biggest video on there was uh, me trying to fight going to sleep with anesthesia because yeah, um, <laughs> I had a mommy makeover and the crna was trying to get me to go to sleep and i said hey i'm gonna try not to go to sleep he said i'm gonna win but we can absolutely do that and so the nurse practitioner in the room um took my phone and started videoing and the uh the following moments were pretty funny and hilarious and so there were two videos the first one Right now, I think has 40.9 million views, which to me is just, I can't even comprehend that number. (laughs) So that's my most viral video, but everything on there, like I said before, there's not like a certain niche or anything. All of the videos that have gone viral are different. Somebody was asking how... I saw a video where a mom was asking about a clogged duct. She's like, please, I have done everything. I don't know what else to do. And <sighs> this is so embarrassing, but it's fine. I was on a nursing like conference retreat thing in St. Louis, and I was a breastfeeding mom at the time. And this was the first time that I was away from my baby. Well, I got plugged up. And you know, you got you got your pump right? But the pump is no match for like your child. Okay. And I could not get this clogged ducked out at all. I I tried everything. I was in the shower. I did the massage. I was pumping for like two hours and nothing was happening. And I kept saying like, if only there was someone that could help me with this. And I looked down at how long my boobies were. And I was like, you know what? I probably could. I probably could. <laughs> And so in the shower, I took my long boobie (laughs) and I helped myself out. And it was immediate. Amanda, it shot across to the other wall. Oh, my God. But I told this woman, I said, just being real with you, if you try this, it might work. I'm just letting you know what what it worked for me. I'm not saying you have to, but it is an option. And so then BuzzFeed saw that video. And made like a BuzzFeed article about this woman who breastfed herself. <laughs> I was like, couldn't you find a different video to find like, other stuff? Of all the, of all of the all things that you've created, of course, yeah, it, it was, that. it was the breastfeeding myself video, but yeah, I've had, I've had different ones go viral at different times, but um, yeah, those were some of my, some of my most viral videos. <laughs>
0: And do you like plan out your content or is much of this just kind of like spur of the moment, inspiration strikes, you know, and you just put it up there? Like, what's that process like for you?
1: It's a mix of both. I will say that often the content that I plan doesn't do as well as the content that I just come up with. Mm. Uh, For instance, in this last week, I had put up a picture of me holding. A baby that I had helped deliver. Okay. With permission from mom and I, we're all friends and everything, but I do like a double swaddle on the baby. So they look like a little burrito. <laughs> and We said, Oh my gosh, will you do a tutorial on how you swaddle babies? So absolutely. So I, I went to Walmart, I got a baby doll and I, you know, and even uh swaddling blankets. Like I went all in. So I was going to do this. So I did the video of how to swaddle and then somebody said like, you should swaddle a cat. <laughs> <So> <laughs> then it became this like just random series of me trying to swaddle things that you probably shouldn't swaddle. So I swaddled two cats, a chicken and my husband so far, and um, it's done really well. And that was not thought of before the moment that somebody mentioned it. So
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. I feel personally, I feel sometimes... Tethered to social media uh, and and part of it is that, you know, my social media fuels my business. And I don't know if you have had these feelings, but, like sometimes I feel like I could just chuck my phone into a river and never go on social media again and be very happy. So I have a little bit of a love hate relationship. Do you feel that way, or is it like still fun? Because when I watch your videos, you look like you're having a lot of fun. And I, (laughs) and I envy that a little bit because mine feels more like I'm showing up because I have to.
1: I totally can relate to that. And I was in that same mental space a few months ago where I, I could just walk away, you know, but I, I hated that the other stuff was taking away from the fun and the excitement that I had from just being silly and being funny. But there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Like you get people that absolutely hate you for no good reason. Like that doesn't feel good. And then, you know, you have like a million emails and a million DMs and a million um, like other DMs on other social media sites. And I got to the point where I would just ignore all of it. I ignored every single bit of it, and I would go weeks without even looking at a single DM because it takes emotional, like, strength to be able to read something, comprehend it, think of a re- of a response, and type it out. And there's a lot of um, messages that I get that are asking for things, right? So people who are in need you know, asking me to either share their go their GoFundMe or give them money or there's a lot of a lot of money requests and I also have like an organization where we go as like a group of moms and we go and do laundry and dishes and clean houses for moms who are overwhelmed. And so I'll get a lot of like, I need you to come and help me right now. Like I you know, there's a lot of stuff that takes emotional strength to be able to focus on enough to respond. And I want everyone to have a response because I don't ever want to be left on red, You know, even if I'm messaging somebody who I know would have a lot of things to do, it still doesn't feel good to be left on red. So I gave myself the permission to ask for help. And that was the thing that changed it for me. So I am back to being excited every day because um, I have a sweet, sweet assistant named Jess who has helped me to be she manages my schedule my emails all of the things that burdened were a burden to me before have been taken off my plate which allows me to have the energy to still make it fun and keep me off my phone as much as I was before you know so my kids get me back a little bit more my husband gets me back a little bit more so um yeah being able to tell myself that it's okay to ask for help and pay for help. Like that's the (laughs) other thing is that we don't ever want to pay for something that we feel like we should be able to do on our own. So, and that can be in the form of like having somebody come and, you know, clean your house or, you know, buy your groceries for you. There's other, there's plenty of things that I've had to kind of give myself permission to not feel that mom guilt about like, I should be able to do this on my own.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear you say that because I think we should normalize that, you know, the asking of the help. Yeah. And I think it was a few weeks ago that you put up a video and I don't know if this was when you were looking for your assistant or you were looking for like PR or or business management. But I was like, oh, good for her for asking for this help. And yeah. gosh, I'm surprised she's doing this all on her own without it thus far. So I, I think that that's really great. that was
1: the video that led me to Jess. And it's oh, actually so like her job. Like this is what she does for a living is a uh, virtual assisting, you know, cause I've had friends say like, Oh, I'll help you. And you know, you just want somebody who like will be committed to doing totally. the things that you need. And also it's kind of scary to let go of that because, you know, how do you know that somebody's going to respond in a way that you would respond or, right. you know, be committed to helping you in the way that you need help. So, but yeah. it's been a great fit and that has really helped me to be able to enjoy enjoy it like I did before.
0: Yeah. And you know, that was one of the biggest things that I did also is, you know, hiring my team members and At first, it was really hard to relinquish the control. Oh, that's the biggest thing. Right? You know? But then it's like, I can do so much more of what I'm actually really good at. Yeah. If I, yeah, and if I can allow someone else to do what they're really good at. And also, you know, provide a living wage for them too. Like, that's really empowering to know that, hey, I'm helping someone else out by this exchange, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they're giving me my time back. uh, I'm giving them money and responsibility. And it, it feels good to be able to do that for sure.
1: I totally agree.
0: So I want to know professionally, what's next for you? Uh, are you in kind of like a coast mode? You're happy where you are, or do you have any big goals?
1: So I actually had started, um, grad school back several years ago. (laughs) I did about six months of grad school, found out I was pregnant and kind of was like, we're going to stop that. (laughs) Um, and I feel like I, and that was before I came to labor and delivery, but where I am right now, I feel so happy in my role. And I feel like if I were to go up the ranks, become like a nurse midwife or something, it would change my schedule, which I might not like also, and it would also change the relationship that I would have with my patients. Cause I would have more patients and not be able to have that. Like I'm with you all day long, girlfriend, we're going <laughs> to do this together. And I feel like I'm in a good place. Like I really, I really enjoy what I do. The things that I have done professionally is I've gotten two board certifications in nursing. So um, I have, I'm a certified emergency nurse and then I'm also board certified in obstetrics. So my, my name is like Jen Hamilton, RNBSN, CEN, and then RNC-OB. I just love the alphabet. Like I just put a whole (laughs) alphabet behind my name and it gives me gives me good feelings. <laughs> um, but yeah. And people have asked me like, well, you know, if the social media stuff continues, like, are you going to quit working? No, I I don't want to, you know, like I really enjoy it that much. It's, it's just like a, I know this sounds cheesy, but it's like my passion and my calling and I feel like I'm good at it. And I, Enjoy being that person for someone who that they will remember. You know, like I remember that Jen was there and she washed my hair when I was in the bed for three days. You know, like I like being that for somebody else, and I don't see myself
0: doing anything different. Honestly, I love to hear that. Um, I think it's really refreshing to hear that because I think sometimes we can get a little addicted to the struggle. And and really like hearing and listening about other people who are struggling or who are miserable and kind of do this trauma bonding stuff. And so I think it's really refreshing for me to hear that. And I think it'll be really refreshing for the listeners to hear that you're in a good spot. You love your job and and it's okay to love your job and and not feel the need to do anything more than what you're doing right now because you're still your impact is like still as impactful, regardless of whether you are, you know, going to grad school or doing all these different things, like where you are now is, is perfect. So thank you for, thank you for sharing that.
1: And, you know, you probably get similar questions of, you know, even in this day and age, would you still recommend being a nurse? I get so many questions like that. Like, I'm in high school and I'm thinking about it. But, you know, I see all these people that are so upset and nursing is not going well even with everything that has happened in the last 2 years. It has happened historically with nursing and how on our plate we just get get added more and more and more with using less and less and less resources. Mm-hmm. Do I think that that is right and awesome? Absolutely not. But I would never want to be anything different. Like I truly feel like this is an an important job and it's an important job that I want to do. And I feel like the people that care about nursing as much as I do, just like you and everybody else, coming together to work together to make those things different is what is going to make a difference for nurses in the future. Just like you're um, empowering these younger nurses to be able to know how to Uh, navigate the world of nursing. It's going to take all of us coming together and saying, you know, this is not okay. Like the situations that we're being put in are not okay and not safe and sticking up for ourselves and knowing our worth, um, I think is is what it's going to take to kind of change the climate that I feel like that we're in right now in nursing.
0: Yeah, totally. We have to be the change makers. Absolutely. So my final question for you is, what is the the vision or the future of TikTok Jen Hamilton? Like, are there any goals on the horizon or plans on the horizon there?
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm on the precipice of like, exciting things. I have some stuff on the horizon where I feel like I can share this now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got an email from... A1, which, if there's anybody who is in perinatal anything, they would know what A1 is. Um, A1 is the body over all perinatal NICU nurses. So anything that we do as labor and delivery nurses is from A1. Like these are A1 standards, yada yada. They sent me an email maybe about three weeks ago and they had seen um, some of the work that. The unit that I work on has done in terms of perinatal bereavement, and they are wanting to use our unit as like the national standard for what a perinatal bereavement program should look like. Um, So being able to work with them, I'm just, I can't even believe that this is real life. I was on a Zoom call with them and also some of my coworkers, and we're going to be able to help other units to establish like checklists and uh, find resources in their area to be able to pay for this important work of being able to support um, families who lose babies in the hospital. So that's super exciting uh, to work with them on some education, and then also with TikTok and everything. I have like a we're doing like a management marketing thing to where people can um, find help a little bit easier through. I told you about the organization that I started with. It's called Hot Mess Express, where all these moms go together and help each other. So be able to help people find resources in their area because there's almost 200 Hot Mess Express chapters in the nation now, which is just crazy. So I'm excited about that. There'll be like an official website and all that. Um, So my main goal with TikTok right now is to do as much good as I can for as many people as I possibly can. And I feel like with the resources that are given to me with having this kind of platform, it's possible. So I'm super excited about everything on the horizon.
0: Well, I'm very excited for you. You're you're a good egg. Oh, so I, I, I love that. I love that phrase. And I think that this is a good use of it for sure. For our listeners, I will link all of these links that we're talking about in the show notes. So I will link to your TikTok profile. And I don't know if Hot Mess Express has an official website yet, but if by the time this airs, it does, I will make sure that it's in there. All right. And if you don't click through and you still want to follow Jen, you come up if they just type Jen Hamilton. In yeah, if you see, TikTok, if you right? type
1: in Jen Hamilton on TikTok and there's a little blue check mark, that's
0: me. That's the one. That makes it so much easier, doesn't it? It does. (laughs) Well, thank you, Jen, for your time. This has been so exciting, such a pleasure. And um, thank you for sharing your goodness with my people.
1: You are so, so sweet. Thank you so much for having me. And anytime, like anytime you want to chat, I'm available. Let's do it. (laughs)
0: Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you have found today's episode helpful and you would like to support the Nurse Becoming podcast, I invite you to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash nursebecoming. I appreciate your support. This helps me create more content for you to enjoy and benefit from in the future. Also, would you consider giving me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already? It will truly help other nurses find the show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I can't wait to connect with you soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.